The pandemic changed the way that we do many things in our daily lives, including work. With COVID came a new normal, and for many people, that meant working from home. Even though we are almost two years post-pandemic, and there are many people transitioning back into the office, there are still those who are working from home. So how exactly do you find the work-life balance that is needed to thrive and maintain your mental health and well-being while working from home? That's what we're going to find out on today's show. Welcome to the Bipolar Black Girl Podcast, hosted by Delvina J., somebody who has been on the front lines of mental health challenges and understands truly how you feel, understands the isolation, the confusion, and even the embarrassment. There's no reason to be embarrassed, and together, we're going to fight the stigma surrounding mental health. Get ready to hear from others who have been in similar challenges as you and feel the encouragement from knowing you are not alone. Regardless of how yesterday felt, girl, you can get back up again and again. Here's Delvina J. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's your girl, Delvina J. And I'm here with an amazing guest today. And you're listening to the Bipolar Black Girl Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Now let's go ahead and get right into it. So today's guest is a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. She is a pharmacist turned medical writer and journalist who has written for publications like O, The Oprah Magazine, WebMD, and U.S. News. In addition to that, she has worked for um, universities and the federal government. She is a telecommuter. She's been telecommuting for over a decade, and she has spent eight years researching the effects of working from home on mental health. Now, she does have a book. We're going to get into her book in a little bit. We're going to tell you all about that, but we have some interesting things to talk about. So sit back, relax, and just enjoy yourself. So now, this is Dr. Wiley, Dr. Frida Wiley, that is. So welcome, Dr. Wiley. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Okay, so let's get into it. We're going to start with your journey telecommuting. How did you get into the telecommuting workspace? Yeah, believe it or not, I began telecommuting about three or four months after I began practicing as a pharmacist. And that sounds really odd, probably to most people, because you never really imagine a pharmacist as a person who works from home. At the time, I was a traveling pharmacist, and I was working at different pharmacies, relieving pharmacists, and then moved on to consulting with patients, doing one-on-one consultations, kind of like a medication brown bag. And the reason why I ended up working from home It's because I was traveling all throughout rural East Texas, close to Louisiana border, and the pharmacies that I I was working for a large grocery store chain, they didn't really have an office space or anywhere where I could catch up with my documentation that I was submitting to the insurance companies. So it was really something I was born out of necessity. And I did that for about a year and a half. And then from there, I went to work fully remotely, my first fully remote gig, which was for a consulting firm uh, based out of greater New York City. It was actually New Jersey, Hoboken, New Jersey. And I was the only remote employee in my department at the time. And it was doing something very similar to what I had done as a traveling pharmacist, except it was all done with telephone and computer. 
so it's it's very interesting because with that job, I actually had expected to move to uh, New Jersey or New York for the role. But when they found out I had worked from home, they pitched me the idea of working from home full time or mostly full time because they needed somebody who could hit the ground running. So that that's how I landed. Okay, perfect. So you've been you're a seasoned telecommuting worker. You've done, you know, uh, you kind of worked in the pharmacy, you worked at the grocery chain, and then you went um, strictly into remote work. So let me ask you, when the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. was it a breeze for you? Like, was it it just normal for you working from home? That's the million dollar question. So yes and no. Yes, because I already had a telecommuting routine that I had established for myself years prior, like many people who've telecommuted for a long time. But it was also challenging because the monkey wrench in the equation is some of the things that were part of my routine to protect my mental health as well as my physical health, those opportunities or those habits, activities, what have you, were not available. They were shut down or maybe it was virtual only, which virtual is still, you know, human interaction, but it's not the same as actually being in the same physical space with somebody. So I, along with many people who had telecommuted for a long time, I had to shift again. I had to find other ways to adapt so that I could maintain my mental health. Okay. And so you talk, you talk about adapting. Mm-hmm. So what things did you have to change to prioritize your mental health and wellness during that time? Yeah, absolutely. So it was more of an extension of something I had kind of uh, figured out as a, a tried and true for me uh, when I first started telecommuting. So I really had to become more diligent about scheduling my time. It, with so many activities being closed and even places like maybe you wanted to go to the coffee shop or something. I had just moved to Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. And so many of the activities I was used to enjoying, even when I would be visiting the area, were no longer available for me to enjoy. So I ended up shifting to finding activities that were available outdoors. So I actually spent a lot of time uh, volunteering in activities, going on group walks, that were obviously socially distanced and doing much more hiking. I'm, I'm a big outdoors enthusiast anyway. So I kind of shifted in focus to that. So you were doing some outdoor activities mm-hmm. um, and to kind of maintain your wellness. And along your journey, you've come up with a term that I have never heard before, but it sounds very interesting. I would love for you to tell us more about it. It's called telecommuting psychosis. What is that? Yeah, it's a term that I kind of made up myself when I first started writing my book. And it's kind of a, I'm borrowing the psychosis concept a little bit from postpartum psychosis. So you hear about the baby blues, but then postpartum psychosis is a much more serious form of the baby blues, where you'll see where people actually may have harmful thoughts. The the mother may feel like harming herself or harming the baby. Now, that was not my case. I was not trying to harm myself or anyone else. But I use that term to kind of get people's attention because there were times, especially when I first started as a full-time remote worker, where I felt like I was just totally losing my mind and nobody understood what I was going through. And I would actually reach out to help 
for help from people and people didn't, you know, they dismissed it. Uh, Oftentimes there's this stigma. It's improved because of the pandemic, but there's a stigma that just because you work from home, number one, you're not working. You have a dream job. Your job is so easy if you work at all. So you should have no reason to be sad, depressed, lonely, any of that. And because I went through that alone in my first fully remote role, and knowing that my coworkers even couldn't support me because they were all in New Jersey and I was back in Texas, then it made it worse. So I was trying to describe the feelings of extreme depression, isolation, and the frustration that all go along with being a full-time remote worker. Okay. And you know what? I can relate to that because I worked from home for a period of time and it's very isolating. Mm -hmm. Now me, I'm not much of a people. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that. Let me speak positive. I love people, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it can be very isolating and just dealing with the people on the other end of the computer or the phone or having to manage so many tasks, it can be very tedious. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Now, out of this, um, this theory of tele, telecommuting psychosis, mm-hmm. you have written a book. Can you tell us about the book? Sure. Yeah. I started writing it in 2014. So it really is like an eight year labor of love. And okay. I, at the time, I was writing about what I had gone through. I started writing it right after I had quit that a first fully remote job. And I saw that because no one understood it, I felt there were other people in similar situations and maybe they didn't feel comfortable speaking out or seeking resources. At the time when I started researching, there really weren't that many studies that were being conducted on people who were working from home and how working from home impacts your your health, whether it be physical or mental. But the good thing about the pandemic is there was an explosion of research. And now we're starting to see many more articles about it. Even I saw an article written uh, in Forbes in the last year or so that was talking about how working from home can impact your mental health in a negative way. There are positives about it, but it's multifactorial. It depends on the person. So you mentioned, you know, the social aspect not everybody is a super social. I am really, as a writer, I tend to be more introverted and a bit of a loner, but that still didn't mean I didn't feel the impacts. I Working yeah. from home helped me to see, especially when all of my coworkers were in another state, in another part of the country. Anytime we would have our meetings, I would be dialing in uh, via phone, mind you, because the company I worked for at the time, it was a small startup and they didn't have the infrastructure to support video calls. So it was more than a year before I actually met my coworkers or my boss. I flew to New York for the job interview and I met the heads, but I didn't meet my boss until later, like a year. So I felt very isolated. So you, it really helps you to realize how those, those social interactions that you really take for granted, going to the coffee shop, or maybe there's a weekly place that you stop by a bistro or something on Thursdays. Those little things mean a lot. And it all adds up when you're stuck between four walls. That That is so true. That is so true. So you talk about how prior to the pandemic, 
you were, you know, struggling with some emotions and feelings that you couldn't really express. But then the pandemic hit and boom, you like found your tribe Mm -hmm. and it helped you with Mm -hmm. writing the book. And and now you're finding that people are talking more and more about a taboo topic at times, especially in the African-American community. Um, A lot of times we don't we just tough it up or, you know, think, oh, you know, I'll get through it. But it's good to, to find people that we can connect with and be able to express those emotions. Wouldn't you agree? I completely agree. And it is a problem um, in our community, uh, in many communities of color, uh, maybe because oftentimes we tend to be very spiritually grounded and thinking that the spiritual element is all we need. And it is a strong component, but that doesn't mean that you can't expand beyond that to get the help. Sometimes it takes multiple tools to mm-hmm. heal or even to even just admitting that something's not right. That takes a lot of courage because you can oftentimes automatically feel no one's going to understand me or because it may be taboo with certain cultures, then, okay, I, it's not safe for me to talk about it. So, you know, feeling supported, that's just one half of it. And so the fact that all of these studies started coming out during the pandemic, it helped me to finish this book that I'd been working on forever. And the book isn't even that long. It's something you could read in an hour easily because I wrote it in plain language. Anybody can read it, a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old. And I made it relatable. I broke it down. I talk about my journey, but I talk about you know, here are the studies. For example, techno stress is a term. Uh, there's research that shows people who work from home more than two and a half days a week are more likely to experience higher levels of techno stress or stress related to telecommuting than people who don't. Add that to the fact that the amount of stress that men and women felt working from home got worse during the pandemic. So a higher percentage of men and women were feeling stressed as telecommuters, but then also because now they were having to juggle being stay-at-home parents, right? Having to homeschool Mm -hmm. their children for the first time. And the numbers show that the stressors or the amount of stress was felt higher in women than it was men which is something that we would expect because even though, yes, there are many women who are doing it all and having it all, still oftentimes in society, the onus of caring for children at whatever capacity tends to fall a bit more on women than it does men. And, you know, as women, we're nurturers and we're givers and, you know, we want to make everything right. And so I do believe that as women, we do bear a lot of the brunt of having to make sure that everything is okay. So that can definitely add to those stressors when you're working from home and you have to manage family, you know, work-life balance. So let me ask you, do you have any tips for our audience as to how they can create a space of prioritizing their mental health as well as physical wellness and um, things that may have helped you? Absolutely. So um, here are just a few tips to get your listeners started. So number one, make a plan. So 
make sure that you have a routine. So if you're a person who hates to exercise, which many of us do, then try to make it the first thing you do in the morning. And don't think that just because it's five minutes or 10 minutes that it doesn't do you any good. That's absolutely not true. But make a plan for how you're going to do your day. Chunk your time out. Uh, So uh, also to protect your eyes as well as mental and physical health, we should be taking breaks from the computer anyway. So the American Academy of Ophthalmology, for instance, has the 20 by 20 by 20 rule. So every 20 minutes, step away from your computer for 20 seconds and look at something 20 feet away. Well, during that time, while you're looking at something far away, you could be doing jumping jacks or maybe a walking laps or something around the house or running in place. So that gets you your blood pumping. It's a, a kind of a breakup from the monotony that's going to help you feel refreshed. Find a, a co-working buddy if you can. And so, in other words, someone you can check in with, maybe have like a quick, uh, coffee chat or something, whether it be on the phone or online or something, and kind of just break up the day. You know, maybe that would replace the office cooler gossip that you enjoyed in the office. Also, when you are working from home, it is important to, uh, when I talk about planning, I don't mean just planning your day, also planning your social activities. Because if you don't, and you're not careful, you will find that it you may only leave the house to get groceries or only leave the house to pick up the kids. And so you are still a living, breathing being. So it's important to remember to schedule activities. I set deadlines for myself where by Wednesday of, uh, I get myself like every Wednesday, I have my weekends planned for the next two weeks. I have my social activities. I try to schedule at least one networking activity a week. So that way, you know, they talk about out of sight, out of mind, which is less of an issue I feel now because of the pandemic and how it caused people to think differently about how to keep moving forward. But still, sometimes working from home can limit your opportunities for growth if you're not visible or making your contributions known. So the networking can occur inside the company you're working for if you're desiring growth, but it can also incur outside. So be sure to schedule those and, and sign up for something, learn a new activity. Make sure you have something that's a recurring activity, like something once a week that you look forward to, because that also is going to stimulate you. Get outside, get some vitamin D, because we know that vitamin D is linked to depression and dark skinned people, black community, uh, And the elderly are much more likely to have lower levels of vitamin D. So not only is that going to contribute to depression, but it's linked to so many other diseases, including cancer and heart disease. Okay, so you have some very good, um, helpful information. Let's kind of recap that. Now, you said make a plan, take Mm -hmm. breaks. Use the buddy system, you know, kind of partner with someone, an accountability partner, we could also call that. Um, And last but not least, be social, get out, even if just it's just taking a step outside for a few moments, do something new, something different, like learn a new activity, a new hobby, something that you can do routinely that kind of gets your mind off of things and changes your environment and atmosphere a little bit. So Mm -hmm. those are just perfect, perfect. Now, I do want to go back to the book for just one second. The title of the book is Telecommuting Psychosis, 
Okay, help me out now. Telecommuting psychosis. I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> yeah, telecommuting psychosis is the title. The subtitle is from surviving to thriving while working in your pajama pants. Okay, so now how can our listeners get their hands on your book? Yes, so I am taking pre-orders. The book uh, will be releasing at the end of this month, and you can go to my website, uh, FridaWiley.com, and sign up for pre-sales there. Okay, great. Now, how else can our listeners reach out to you if they need some advice about what to do, you know, while working from home? Because, you know, even though the pandemic, we're transitioning out of that, especially in the D.C. metro area where I live, Mm -hmm. um, you have a lot of government workers who they're still primarily working from home and then they'll go into the office like one or two days a week. So how can people reach out to you? What are your social media handles? Yep. So, um, you can follow me on, uh, LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn handle, it's basically linkedin.com forward slash N I N forward slash Frida Wiley. And then you can also, uh, I can be reached via email at Dr. Frida Wiley books at gmail.com and then also Twitter. So that would be, uh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. What, what is the Twitter? We want to make sure we get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just forgot my Twitter. It's okay. I'll put you on the spot. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Doctor. It's fine. It's um, Dr. underscore Frida underscore Wiley. Okay, Dr. underscore Frida underscore Wiley. Now, that is how you get in touch with Dr. Wiley. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest on the show today. Thank you so much for giving us that that pertinent information about how we can maintain our mental wellness while working from home. You guys, if you want to check out the podcast, which I hope you do, you know where to find us. We're on all your podcasting platforms. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google. And if you need to reach out, you can always email us, email me at Delvina J at bipolarblackgirl.com. You can catch us on Instagram at bipolarblackgirl. You can find, look us up on Facebook and LinkedIn, wherever. We're, we're all the, all over the place. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you see you next time. Be blessed. Have a great day. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Bipolar Black Girl podcast with your host, Delvina J. We hope you feel encouragement from today's episode and that you continue to join us for future episodes. But this show is not a replacement for professional help. Please remember to reach out for medical help if you feel you need it. Although we can get together as a community and share our experiences with each other, if you need mental health services, you should seek a medical professional immediately. And no matter what today or tomorrow brings, girl, you can get back up again and again.